Hello and welcome to episode 29 of our Weekends Booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week we dive into The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Now I didn't find too much information about her online, but I did find a few things. So I found that she's a best-selling author. She is a YA author as well as a professor in psychology. And that she wrote her first novel at 19 and actually sold five books while she was completing college, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that is. You have to have respect for somebody who can, like, write a book and complete a college degree. Yeah, and I think she went to Yale. Oh, so, so she's, like she like, a smart bitch, too. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, a little, but, I mean, more power to her. That's I read that, and I was like, wow, I couldn't even imagine writing one book while I was in college, let alone five. Yeah, no, no way. Yeah. All right, so... Anybody that who's on, you know, TikTok or BookTok or whatever has seen these books. And there's actually, I think, three of them in total, correct? Yes. All right. So we are just going to cover the first one, The Inheritance Games, today. And off the bat, I saw the cover of the book. And it's a pretty cool cover. It, it kind of, um, you don't really know what's going on. So it's kind of intriguing. But at the top of the book that I have, there's a, like a little blurb and it's actually written by Eve Lockhart, who is the author of like We Were Liars and Family of Liars. And I have like a ton of respect for her. I love her. So like she said that this was like one of the funnest reads that she did all year. And I was like super excited about it. But I, I don't know how I feel in the end. Well, I think this is one of those books where we kind of had a little difference of opinion that I I really loved it. I had had this book on my TBR for probably before you and I started reading books together. So like two years and I never picked it, never picked it. And then when you got it and we put it in our TBR cup and we finally picked it, I was so excited and it's really good, but my only qualms with it and why I didn't give it five stars was because I felt like there was not a single character that I could relate to. Oh, yeah. that, that makes sense. I can see why you would say that. I only gave it three and a half stars. And the 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 half was being very generous because the three last chapters of the book were like complete redeeming factors. I just didn't, I don't know, I just didn't really like it. Well, and that's why I said, like, you know, there's not a, there's not been that many times where we read a book and one of us likes it and one of us doesn't. I think that for me, there was, like, so many characters in here, right? I mean, I, I couldn't even break down, like, who was actually a main character because, like, every time you turn the page, there was somebody else and they were important, which is kind of hard to follow when you're trying to, like, track all these people. Um, But... I also feel that, like, one of the reasons why I didn't, I don't want to say didn't enjoy it, because I read the whole thing, and I read it in a fairly short amount of time. It was, like, unbelievable to me. Like, even when I have this, like, fantasy-tuned brain, this book, which has nothing to do with fantasy at all, was, like, not very believable for me. When you told me that, I actually laughed because I was like, how is that not believable? But on a daily basis, we're out here reading books about like fairies and vampires, wolves, dragons. But we're like, yeah, that's believable. <laughs> yeah, but let's just start with the first main character, right? Her name's Avery. She's basically 
was she like a high school senior? She's um, in the custody of her older half sister because her mom has died and their dad is basically like, I don't want to say a junkie, but, you know, kind of got that that vibe. Yeah, he's got nothing to do with them. And their life is pretty sad. Like, they're living pretty destitutely. And, like, her and her sister kind of, right from the beginning of the book, have an argument because her sister has an abusive boyfriend, both physical and, like, emotionally abusive. And she's going to move him back in. And Avery's like, yeah, I'm not staying here. So she's, like, living in her car at the beginning. And... You're just like, wow, okay, like, right off the bat, this is, like, a sad story. But then things change. Yeah, and the unbelievableness begins. (laughs) You say that, but that could definitely happen. Okay, it could happen. The very first part of it could happen, but, like, everything that follows, I I just have a really hard time believing. But... So readers kind or listeners kind of understand like what we're talking about. Avery gets, does she get like a letter? I think she keeps getting letters in the mail and her sister keeps discarding them because she thinks they're like scams, you know? And so she's like at school the next day and she's like, gets called down to the office. Her sister's there. And here comes the first Hawthorne that we're introduced to, which this book is about the Hawthorne family Grayson Hawthorne is like, you know, you're a hard person to get a hold of. And her sister's like, I'm sorry, I thought the letters were garbage, whatever, whatever. And he's like, well, you need to come with me because my late grandfather named you in his will. And basically this like super rich family is all waiting for this will to be read because it can't be read until she's present. Yes. And the will is the last will and testament of Tobias Hawthorne, who's like the patriarch of the family. And he has passed away. And he has two daughters. And he has four grandsons who you would think that he would pass his legacy on to. But he's named Avery in his will. She has no relation to them that she knows of. And her and Libby, that's her sister, have to basically, like, pack up their belongings for a few days because they're flown to Texas. That's where all this takes place. Which it kind of gave me, like, Yellowstone vibes. But I know that's not in Texas. But you you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, sprawling ranch and, you know, all this land and, like, old Texas money from, like, oil and things like that. And um, they arrive, they've never seen some some house like this before. Like, this is where the, you know, where it gets unbelievable. It is, like, just a house on a house on a house on a house on a house. That's, like, all how I can describe it, how um, Barnes describes it in the book. And, like, they're just completely, like, flabbergasted. Well, I mean, when you when you come from nothing... And you are around these people who basically have every little thing they could ever want. And you, it's almost like it was their own world inside this property. Oh, yeah. Like, how many years had it been being built? Like, every year 
Tobias Hawthorne would like add on a wing of the house and this had been going on for like 30 some years. So like picture that in your mind, like how sprawling this is, right? This is not like just your typical like estate. This is like multiple estates on top of multiple estates. Yeah, I mean, and there was a few people that were like house staff that had like cottages there. I mean, like I said, it was like their own little village. Like a commune. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, I know you say that it's unbelievable, but a lot of rich people are absolutely out of their minds. So, like, it's not really that unbelievable when you think about it that way. Well, yeah, I get that part. But, you know, as you get deeper into the story, like, the things that they had to do and, like, the things that were in the house, like, uh, I don't know. I know you want to sell me on this, but it's just not happening. Well, I'm going to try to sell the readers. So... (laughs) They get to this huge estate, like Brielle said, and immediately she's greeted by a lawyer. Her name's Alyssa Ortega, and basically she works for this law firm that Tobias Hawthorne, this billionaire that's died, is, like, their only client. He basically owns, like, keeps the law firm running because he's so rich, and she's, like, trying to walk her through everything. She meets, like, the other family members. So Tobias had three children, his son Toby, who died, or so we think. Two daughters, Zara and Skye. And Skye is a little promiscuous woman and has four sons with, like, all different dads. So you have Grayson Hawthorne, who we met when he met up with Avery at her school. Then you have Nash Hawthorne, who's the older brother, who's kind of like a rolling stone and only comes home every now and then. Then you have Xander Hawthorne, who's, like, the youngest of the brothers. And then Jameson, who's kind of the bad boy of the group, I would say. Yes. And... Each one of these boys is not just like your typical, you know, billionaire grandson. Like, they are super smart. They're super talented. They've each designed things like where they have like patents on projects that they're working on. They're like super athletic. And see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is just these people don't exist. Yes, they do. People that have money can achieve more. I'm sorry. That's just reality. (sighs) Okay. So anyway, let's get to the point. So they do the reading of this will and everybody is floored. So Avery has never met any of these people in her life. She's never met Tobias, the man who's died. And so Alyssa's reading the will and it's like, you know, he left the cottage to this couple that's worked for him for like 30 years and gave them each like a hundred thousand dollars, which when you have $53 billion, that's like chump change. He leaves each of his daughters, like $50,000, which I thought was a slap in the face. Then he left each of his grandsons, a hundred grand. There was like some money for charity. And then he left his, the other like $50 billion to Avery. And the only catch is that, she has to live in the Hawthorne house, cannot kick out anyone in the family unless they do something like, you know, mur- try to murder her and live with them for an entire year before she can accept this inheritance, which is insane. Yeah, it is insane. And it's like, it's dangerous. Like, this has immediately put her in danger, right? Dude, because- it's like the Hunger Games. Yes. Because, like, everybody's gunning for her, and they think that she's some kind of con artist. 
and that she's like swindled the old man and got him to like change his will. But we find out that he actually changed it like a year prior or was it? No, it was more than that. Wasn't it like 13 years prior or something? So he had originally made changes like 20 years prior when they thought the son died. And then he made the changes with Avery one year before his death. Yeah. And she still swears. Like, I've never met him. I don't know who he is. She's, you know, she thinks, like, maybe my mom knew him. Or maybe, like, he has ties to, like, my dad. But it's definitely not her dad because Libby's not involved in this, right? Now, Libby becomes, like, the executor of the estate should anything happen to Avery. But Libby's not named in it at all. So immediately that, like, eliminates her dad. We can't ask her mom because her mom's passed away. I mean, the whole thing, I mean, I get how you can say, like, it's unbelievable. But at the same time, like, when you first told me that, I Googled, like, people that have, rich people that have died and left strangers their fortune. And there's, like, at least eight of them that I found. The the part that I, I can uh, kind of understand how you're saying it's unbelievable is how the rest of the plot unfolds. That it's it's kind of like... When the boys were younger, Tobias, every year they used to play like almost like a puzzle game, kind of like the Da Vinci Code is the best way I can describe it. And whoever solves the puzzle first wins. And it's not just like a regular, you know, pieces of a puzzle you can put together. There's like, you know, you have stuff hidden all over the property, puzzles that you have to put together, keys you have to unlock, secret doors. Like, I mean, it's a little out there. So I kind of understand that part. But I kind of thought that that was cool at the same time because you don't really see that in books. Oh, no. Yeah, the premise of the the book was, like, very well thought out. And it was very interesting. Like, that's why I did want to read it. But then, like, for me, like, when I did start reading it, I was just like, this is unbelievable. Like, this is, like, every time you turned around, you're, like, leaning on a wall. And it's, you know, taking you through a trap door into, like, another part of the house. And, of course, there's some kind of, like, mysterious clue there that, like, Avery has to, like, follow. I just thought it was cool. So, you kind of see, like, for the, through the rest of the book, like I said, there's, like, a puzzle mystery game that they kind of have to play. And they're trying to, they don't realize that at first. Like, Avery kind of teams up with Jameson Hawthorne and they're trying to figure out like why he's left this fortune to Avery. Like who is she to him? And everywhere they turn, it's kind of opens up another door to something that's happened. And like halfway through the book, um, their cousin Zara's daughter moves in with them. Her name's Thea and she is a shit starter. And she was like best friends with this girl, Emily, who, Grayson and Jameson both kind of had a thing for and Emily ends up dying and she like keeps throwing it in Avery's face and is like you know the last girl that got close to them wind up dead like all this crazy stuff so you see all these pieces of this story throughout their investigation kind of fall into place and make things make sense but I mean the craziest part for me was when they have to take so there's a field of trees there. I forget what they call the forest, but there's a clue that they figure out is there. And they're just like, oh, let's just fly on our private helicopter that just happens to be sitting here over the trees to see if we can find the clue. Yeah. After they had already, you know, driven their race car that's on the grounds of this house. 
Like, that's what I'm talking about. A race car. Yeah, but I mean, again, rich people are super eccentric. And when you have billions and billions of dollars, you can buy anything you want. Like, literally anything is at your fingertips. So anything is possible. And anything is possible except for these four grandsons to get any money from their dead grandfather because he left it all to a stranger. Yeah, but they're not broke because they say in the story how when they were younger, he used to give them money every year, $10,000 to make investments. So they're all rich anyway with their own money. So they don't really care. It's not about the money. I think for them, it was about like, who the hell is Avery and why is she being introduced into our life? And I thought the way that Jennifer Barnes made the whole thing play out was really well done. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I don't typically like mystery type books, which is what I felt like this kind of was. Um, But I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I thought some of the stuff, yes, I agree with you, could be, it's a little far-fetched, but in comparison to the books that we normally read, it's not the most unbelievable thing we've ever read. No, but I think it's just because, like, these are supposed to be, like, normal, real people, you know? But I will I will say that with all of, like, the nonsense aside, I did like how she kind of threw, like, the plot twists in, like, especially with Emily. Because one of the weirdest things is that, like, Emily died on the same date as Avery's birthday. So yeah, like there was, was clues. Yeah, there was like um there was like so many like little tiny clues that you had to like really pay attention to. And like that that was super interesting, right? It was just everything else that I could just like live without. And it also like ended on a cliffhanger because we find out like some big information at the end. And you're like, okay, well, I guess well, gonna... I called that from the beginning of the book. Yeah, you did, you did. So, I mean, does that did that make it better or worse, or like worse for you because you called it so early? Well, I'm well, okay. So I called it, but I was only half right. Remember? So I I thought that it made it good because I was like, I really wanted that to happen because I was like, because that could be the only thing that made everything make sense, but. Nothing really makes sense. Like, the grandfather was, like, a crazy dude. I mean, I don't want to ruin the book for anybody who's going to read it. So I don't want to say, like, what exactly they found during this whole, you know, treasure hunt that they were going on, basically, is what we'll call it. But, you know, I I felt like... I like the way that you see Avery's relationship with like the Hawthorne boys change and they kind of, with the exception of two of them that want to date her, they kind of bring her in as like a little sister at, at one point, you know, they're like, all right, well, she's here to stay. So let's all try and figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. And you do actually see them all have to work together. And I think that that was um, Tobias Hawthorne's like goal in all this was because I think that he felt like, they were going to be, like, torn apart by this. So this was, like, his way of bringing them together. Like, he's a mastermind, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this is not the first time he's done something like this. And the boys say it repeatedly. They're like, you know, the old man always had, like, tricks up his sleeve for us. So this is just, like, to the extreme. Um, But 
he made it to where they needed Avery to solve this and she needs them because she kind of like needs their protection because there's people gunning for her. Like I said earlier, like the aunts or, you know, Sky, who's the, the boys' moms and then the aunt and her husband. And then there's outside forces like Libby's boyfriend, Drake, who, you know, he was not the best person. And he he's like selling information to the tabloids and stuff. And he tries to kill her. Yeah, the paparazzi's after her. And so she like needs those protectors. So they like all need each other. And Tobias Hawthorne knew that. He knew that they were like their own puzzle pieces, right? They they needed each other to like make a complete picture. What I what I liked and I thought was just like, you know, kind of set the scene for like how this mystery was gonna unfold was I'll go back to the beginning when they were reading the wills and he had left an envelope for each of them. And inside Avery's, all it said was, I'm sorry. Yeah, like he knew he was setting her up for like, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if he knew that she would be like running for her life, but he knew that she was going to have some hard decisions to make. Well, yeah, because I mean, someone doesn't just drop $52 billion in your lap and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I'll take that. Like any person in the right mind is going to take the money, right? But at the same time, you're going to want to know why and why they chose you. And, you know, I just, I really liked the way that she kind of played all of that out. And I know you're not really interested, but I do want to read the rest of the series eventually. Yeah, I, I said I would probably read it. Just It's just one of those books where I'm not, like, in a hurry to read. But I can definitely see, like, what the hype was about. Because, I mean, it, it was it was well-written. You know, characters were well-developed. It had that, like, mystery to it. You've got a little bit of romance. Um, it was, like, an interesting read. It definitely, like made you use your imagination because like it was a little far-fetched in places so you had to you know kind of use your imagination to kind of get to where she was going but it wasn't terrible I just you know I just wasn't I wasn't like the biggest fan of it but I also I also kind of feel that maybe I was still in like a little bit of a book hangover (laughs) because we had read some like really great books back to back to back yeah I guess I could see that and I I think maybe I was just a little bit more excited about this book because I had had it on my list for so long. So, you know, like I said, it's one of the few times we have a difference of opinion, but I've hope I hope that we've given like the readers and listeners enough information to kind of want to read it themselves and let us know what they think. All right, guys, well, that wraps up episode 29. If you like what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to and check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore booked. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.